Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside we take a story from folklore or mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and the history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olahan. I am your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode 75 of Fireside. Today on the podcast we're going to look at a funny tale, a funny old peculiar tale from my home county of Wicklow of Anfir Gertoch. The Hungry Grass, which is silly and strange as that might sound, or will be revealed about it soon enough. But first, a quick hello. If this is your first time listening, you're very welcome along. If you're a continued listener, welcome back and thank you for your continued support. We're coming to you once again from our mobile studio, home studio here in Wicklow Town. I am not in the beautiful surroundings of the Headstuff Podcast Network. We are still in the lockdown, although we are now each day bridging closer and closer to getting back to normality and hopefully soon we will be able to be back in the Headstuff studios and to be recording as usual. But as always, I'm incredibly grateful to be able to have the equipment to write and record this podcast continually each week. And thank you so much for those of you who have continued to listen to and supported the podcast. And I hope that this podcast has provided you just a little bit of relief in these very strange and uncertain times across the board, I hope. And thank you so much to those who have sent messages saying that it has done just that, that if even if it's just your thing that you listen to when you're out on your walk, or if you're able to still be in work, or if you're getting back to work now, to or from work, that you can still listen to this podcast. And it can give you a little bit of relief, or enjoyment, or entertainment. I hope that it can, because it gives me so much pleasure to do this every week, and I like to hope that it does to you as well. And with that in mind, if you do want to support the podcast, please do continue to subscribe, leave ratings, reviews, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at Fireside Bard. And if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Fireside Podcast, where you can join our growing community of very loyal benefactors. We had no new ones this week, so I just want to say thank you again to our most recent ones, Libby Frizz, Sayla and M. Um, from James Bond for our most recent our most recent generous patrons if you want to join them you can do so over patreon.com and if not if you're not in a position to or if you just want to continue listening to it for free that is absolutely okay it is a totally egalitarian model and it is there if you want it 
So, we're going to get down to the story now. If anyone's wondering why, I might sound a little bit more subdued. I'm even sounding a little bit more like a late-night radio announcer. And that is because I usually record this podcast in the mornings. Well, I've been recording it at a few different times over the duration of the lockdown. Because usually when I'm in the studio, I record it first thing on a Monday morning. It's a great way to start a week, you know, kickstart it. But for the first few weeks, I was recording it in like the early evening because I was finding that was the quietest time because I'm not alone in my house. Um, And then I started recording it during the mornings. And there are good and both side, bad sides to both. The morning recordings are great. Um, as it's a great way to start the day but your voice isn't as warmed up and I as anyone who's listened to this podcast enough knows I have a lot of um, breathing and congestion issues Um, I'm asthmatic and I have uh, various allergies that I need to take loads of lotions and potions for and I'm always quite sensitive to it or quite aware of it when I'm recording on the mic of course but I'm recording this now, quite late at night, still on Monday, uh, that this will come out on Wednesday, because I've been trying to keep these podcasts as, as up to date, I've been trying to write ahead of time, but record them, because it seems like the world is changing every day, and I don't want it to come out if there is suddenly something that I feel needs addressing, not that I, this is in any way a social or political podcast, but it's felt right to just kind of keep it as present and in the moment as possible. But yes, so perhaps you're listening to this in bed. I know a few people have told me that, that they listen to it while going to sleep. That's a thing I certainly love to do with audiobooks and podcasts is listen to them when I'm struggling to get sleep because it's like being told a bedtime story and who doesn't like that? So I'm going to get down to it now. But yes, this is this is the kind of the, the midnight, the midnight show, Fireside, Fireside Nights, if you will. And this is a strange little tale that... I really thought there was something in, I kind of read it and went by it and came back to it and thought there was something in it. So this was, again, a tale that it was more of a nugget that I had to expand myself, but I thought there was enough there and I thought it was a fascinating enough topic and I was quite happy with the kind of image it painted. So we'll see ourselves now and let me know what you think. We'll talk a bit more after, but this is the tale of the hungry grass on Fireside. The tale of the hungry grass. A father makes all the difference, and is the difference in this tale. For far Gurthok, without an accent in sight, means hungry man, thin and frail. But add the father into the mix, over the e makes far fair, and fair is unfair Gurthok, the hungry grass beware. Unfair Gurthok, which translates in English as the hungry grass, may sound absurd or silly. We know wet grass, dry grass, burning grass, even smoking grass, but hungry grass, what could that be? And where did such an idea come from? Well, as in all good lore, there are many differing sources. One traces to Angartam Moor, the Great Hunger, the Blight, or the Great Irish Famine of the 1840s. 
The famine halved the population of Ireland through death and emigration, and most who died were in the poorer rural areas of the Irish countryside. Those who died in small villages would have to be carried to the graveyards, which usually lay a few miles walk away. The coffin carriers, being weak and hungry themselves, would have to lay the coffin down once in a while to rest their aching muscles. It's thought that any patch of grass a famine coffin was laid on became the hungry grass. Other traditions say that the fair Gerthoch grows wherever a famine victim fell for the first time. The first time the faint weakness of hunger took them to the ground. Perhaps most macabre of all is the belief of the unconsecrated grave. In the days of big bad Catholic Ireland, and may it never return, Babies who died before they could be baptised were forbidden from being buried in the consecrated Catholic graveyards. Because of this, the parents of the child would have to carry the infant body far away from the town or village and bury their child in unconsecrated ground. This ground was usually high in the Wicklow Mountains, far away from prying and judgmental eyes. They say that where an unbaptised baby is buried, the hungry grass grows. But whatever superstition is of your persuasion, you may still be asking, what does the hungry grass do? Well, that's where our story really begins. Two travellers were trekking up the steep incline of the road from Enniskerry village towards the crossroads of the Sally Gap. The Sally Gap crossroads is the highest crossroads in Ireland. County Wicklow has more than its fair share of absurdly specific claims to fame, We've got to take what we can get. At the intersection, the two travelling men encountered a third. His name was Malachy Horan, and he had walked all the way from Jobstown in South County Dublin. Where are you headed? asked one of the two men, making polite conversation. I'm to meet a man about selling a few yearling ewes, replied Horan. Is it Nolan's you're looking for by any chance? It is indeed, actually. And tell me, are you a good storyteller? This was not as random a question as it would be today. I pride myself on being able to spin a yarn all right. Right, continued the traveller. Well, I'll tell you what. You provide the tales, and we'll show you the way. Journeys on roads were long, so a storyteller was a valuable commodity to break up the journey. During the 1798 rebellion, the Wicklow Mountains proved a safe haven and vantage point for Irish rebels. After the rebellion had been quashed, the British forces built a road through the Wicklow Mountains to ensure the area would never be used to hide insurgents again. It is still known as the military road to this day. So travellers, when possible, would avoid taking the military road and would take the more adventurous paths through the fields. And Malachy Horan's new companions were locals and knew these backfields well. So the three men left the concrete of the military road and ventured into the hills. After crossing a few fields, hopping a few fences and trying to avoid tripping over the uneven terrain, the two Wicklow men enjoyed the tales of the Dubliner and the three even sang a few tunes. Spirits seemed high and the mountains were higher. But then the man Horan stopped. He for the first time really took in the undisturbed beauty of his surrounding landscape. 
and suddenly bounded in front of his two companions for a better look. The Wicklow men had been leading the way up to this point, and for good reason. For no sooner had Malachy began to lead the way when he collapsed on the ground. One moment he had felt fine, his head clear, his mind full of purpose, free from the smoke and the smell and the brick of the city. The next, he was convulsing on the ground, gripping his stomach, moaning and groaning through grit teeth. The weather was fine, but Malachy now felt a chill and a sweat. The two men ran to the Dubliner's aid. One was as shocked and confused as the man in agony on the ground, but the more savvy of the two knew what was afoot, and more importantly, what to do. He stepped on the fair Gertach. Sure enough, the spot where Malachy lay was dry and white, a rare dead patch in the surrounding thick and fresh green. Malachy Horan had stepped on the hungry grass. The Wicklow men dragged him onto a bed of fresh heather, then the one who had recognised the ailment reached into his back pocket and retrieved a piece of oaten bread. He hastily offered it to Malachy, but the Dublin man continued to writhe in pain, unable to loosen his jaw. Eat it, the traveller implored. Eat it or you'll die. In that moment, Malachy felt he had already suffered a fate worse than death. Nevertheless, he laboured through the pain and attempted to unhinge his clenched jaw. When the opening appeared, the oaten bread was shoved in Malachy's mouth. Now swallow, and keep it down. Malachy obeyed. It was not easy. He felt each dry crumb crumble down his throat, towards his aching stomach. He was sure it would be rejected and projectile back up. But it didn't. It stayed down. And as quickly as it had struck him, the agony of the hungry grass passed. The man who had saved Horan said, It's only a fool who treks through the Wicklow Mountains without a morsel of food in his back pocket. You have to tread carefully here, or you could step on a patch of unfair Gertach. You just experienced the pain of the famine, the anguish of the bereaved. You felt the wrath of the hungry grass. Malachy Horan was as well as he had been before, but justly traumatised by the preceding ordeal. He tentatively continued his journey to the farmer's land, allowing his guides to lead each step of the way. The yearling ewes were bought, and the Dubliner returned home. He would not so carelessly traipse through the Wicklow Mountains again, but one thing's for sure, Malachy Horan would never again leave home without a scrap of food in his pocket. The End And there we have the short but not so sweet tale of Unfair Gertok, the Hungry Grass on Fireside. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It's quite. It is quite a simple thing, and there isn't a huge amount of plot here. You know, it's. It's very much man. Man steps on grass, is stricken down, he's cured, and that's kind of it. But there's a huge amount, of, this story is way more context and history and um, and the lore surrounding it, which I suppose is what I liked so much about it, because I love delving into that side of things as well. Because you really then, 
you really get the the purpose and the point of these stories because while to us now these stories are for entertainment's sake or to root us and connect us to a to a past culture you know um, to feel a part, a sense of community, because these are stories that have been told for hundreds and sometimes thousands of years. And there's, I certainly find a huge amount of comfort in that. And they, there's something that feels very right about them. But here we have this cautionary tale, much like the tales with fairies involved, where the moral is, you know, don't be treading on dangerous roads because you might run into fairies and don't run into fairies because that's not where oh beg around kick the mic don't mess with fairies because that's never going to end well for you but here you you really see very clearly exactly where this story came from you know obviously this was just a tale of warning people to always have a little bit of something to eat or drink when walking through the Wicklow Mountains in case you got lost, in case you didn't know your way. Because for anyone who hasn't been to the Wicklow Mountains, I mean, like, certainly to my listeners in America, they won't seem pretty much anything to talk about compared to, I don't know, like the Rocky Mountains or the Appalachians or anything. But it is a vast, vast terrain. And yeah, historically was used to hide rebels over the years. I mean, historically has been a burial place, even still to this day, bodies are still buried and dumped in Wicklow, in the Wicklow Mountains, where they will never be found again. So there is still a, there is still an undisturbed mystery and majesty and danger to the Wicklow Mountains. And uh, there's even talk of reintroducing wolves to the Wicklow Mountains, which I would absolutely adore. It'd be fantastic to have wolves back in Ireland, as even though that would make it considerably more scary to walk through them, it would be fantastic for the for the ecology, for the balance of nature, because the deer are running amok at the moment, and that is the reason they want to reintroduce the wolf, as the to naturally cull the deer, which are eating too much grass and foliage and disturbing the balance. But, yeah, so this is obviously where a story like this came from. And then you have these differing sources, which I adore, of uh, the famine of uh, any place. Imagine that, that that image particularly of any spot where a coffin was laid on, uh, the coffin of a famine victim, a patch of grass where it was laid on for a few minutes, that that would be where the hungry grass would grow. And then of uh, the unconsecrated babies, that's a big thing. That's a big thing in, in Irish history and Irish folklore, of course, is the unbaptized baby. Like, um, There's a lot of thoughts of connections with fairies and the unbaptized of that they would go to purgatory, that they wouldn't be allowed into heaven and huge, huge connections there. And obviously in the very, very, very Catholic nation that Ireland was for hundreds of years. So you have a mixture of two elements there you have a very simple cautionary tale of saying never leave home without a scrap of food in your pocket and then you obviously have a very very distinct place that this story came from or a couple of different places that formed into this superstition and there is still a place if i have the book here 
I don't actually have the book in the room with me, uh, Wicklow Folktales by Brandon Nolan, that I've been finding all of these wonderful stories to adapt in. But in that book, um, there is still a place in Wicklow, in County Wicklow, that is named after the Hungry Grass, which shows how much of a superstition this was. But that is the story of the Hungry Grass, and I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, like, from an outside point of view, it doesn't sound like the best story, but I just think there's a huge amount of context and history to it that made me really like it. I feel like this is something... There's so many, you know, folklore and mythology inspires so many great writers as it always has over the years and continues to do this to this day. But that's a real detail. Like, you'd see that in something. You'd see that as an element being used in a book or in a film or in a TV show. Who knows? Maybe we might go into something I do at a later date. But it is really, it's a very strong element. And again, I suppose one because I haven't heard of it at all before uh, reading Wicklow Folktales. Um, and I'll be now interested to see. It seems to be a thing quite associated with Wicklow. Uh, I'm led to believe from what I've tried to look up online, not to be confused with Fargartach. Yeah, so anyone who doesn't speak the Irish language even a little bit, like most of Irish people do, only a little bit, myself included, um, but something I'm trying to consciously each day do a little bit more of. But I love, I'd love to one day do... Uh, I was thinking about this this week, of doing an Irish episode of Fireside, maybe for Shachtan Nagelga next, next year or something. It's something to, to have in mind. Um, but so far, which is spelled F-E-A-R, is the Irish word for man. So far gartach would be hungry man. Um, but if you put a fada, which is the accent, if you put that over the A, then it becomes, uh, or over the E, I beg your pardon, it becomes fair gartach, which is the hungry grass. So if you were to look at this in the book, like certainly as I did, because far would be a much more common word you'd see written down than fear. Uh, it just looks like hungry man. And I kind of like that as well. I like that uh, because you personify, you personify the hungry grass as the hungry man. Because there's something, yeah, there's something that sounds kind of silly about about a name like the hungry grass. But then there's something quite sinister about it as well. Kind of unfeeling. Like, I'm terrified of jellyfish for that exact reason. Not because they will consciously attack you, but because they have no brain. So they can't control. They can't fear you. You know, it's not like fish are more afraid of you than you are of them so that they'll swim away. A jellyfish can't swim away. It has no brain. It has no eyes. So it will just it will just pulsate towards you until it stings you. I hope I haven't given anyone the psychosis that I have there. It's something I've tried to overcome for a number of years. Um, but that is definitely the root of it so the idea of the hungry grass that it just lies in wait in different patches of the Wicklow Mountains for unsuspecting travellers to step on and writhe and convulse in pain yeah yeah I like it a lot so I'm going to wrap things up there folks but I hope you enjoyed it and just in time as well by the time it looks like I'm having low battery on the recorder so I'll see you all next week or you'll hear me all next week Thanks so much to Jamie, for producer. Thanks to Alan and Paddy at Headstuff. And thank you to each and every one of you for continuing to listen to this. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Fireside Bard if you want to get in touch with me. That's the best place to see. Um, I keep, I'm 
I realize, of course, a good few people don't have Instagram. Um, you can, of course, contact me on patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast if you are a patron. Uh, it's been great getting a few messages from some of the patrons. And But if you don't, if you aren't on the social media thing and you do want to contact me, I keep meaning to include this as well. I'm going to include this in a good few episodes. You can get me on my email at thefiresidebard at gmail.com if you want to get on to me for any reason whatsoever, just even to say hello. So next time we'll continue the wild cycle. We've got a great tale to go next week. And yeah, I'll see you all. You'll hear me all next time. And remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. Thank you and goodbye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.